Welcome to Share Your Magic, Biz and Brand Talk with Mary Alvazurez. If you are a soul-driven entrepreneur looking to share your magic with the world in the best ways possible, this is the podcast for you. Mary is here to give you the actionable tools, insights, inspiration, uplifting conversations, and goods to level up your brand, biz, and world. Ready to share your magic with the world? Let's get started. Here is your host, Mary. Hello, beautiful soul. I'm so excited to have you here with me again. Today, we have special guest, Sarah Gita Flores, embodying the transformation of trauma-induced silence and shame into radiant self-expression. Sarah Gita Flores is a vocal empowerment coach, writer, and musician based near Denver, Colorado, With 15 years of facilitation experience, she helps women to heal blocks and resistance coming from their inner children by speaking up and singing out. Oh my God, I love that so much. (laughs) Hi, Sarah. How are you today? (laughs) Thank you, Mary. Um, Hi, I'm doing great. Excited for our conversation. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. I'm excited for today's episode. I already feel like you're speaking directly to me <laughs> I'm like um yeah quiet girl here fighting her voice over the years <laughs> yeah and you have a podcast now so you're using that amazing voice so cool <laughs> I know we've come such a long way yes <laughs> I don't even recognize myself anymore wow it's so funny I was with family over the weekend I'm like, I don't know. I just kept saying things that I probably would have never said before. My mom's like, I didn't know that about you. You've never yeah. told me that story before. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. You're telling me something again I didn't know. And I'm like, I don't know. It just happened, mom. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, I'm such a different person. Yeah, that's amazing, Mary. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but before we jump into all the juicy stuff, I'd love to know a little bit about your story. Like, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So my journey of reclaiming my voice really started with silence and shame coming from childhood sexual assault when I was age uh, five, as well as 15. And I reacted by very much narrowing my self-expression. I was very, you know, it was all unconscious. All of these are protection mechanisms, but I was very focused on being pleasing and palatable, making sure everyone around me was happy and liked what I was saying and liked how I was showing up so that I could maybe sort of feel some kind of safety. And another aspect of that was perfectionism. And I definitely was the overachiever type throughout my teen years. And there was just like such a split in myself. There was the like public, I'm a singer, I do theater. And then there was the inner part that was like, I can't be seen. Like I can't... um, I can't let anybody know how much darkness 
I carry inside. So there was a lot of mask wearing and it all started to unravel when I was 19 and I was a music major in college and I was a piano major at the time and I began to get a repetitive strain injury. And I know for so many people, physical illness is the first thing that makes us say something needs to change, right? So I really knew that I needed to start looking within. And at, at 19, I wasn't yet ready to face my traumas, but I did begin my healing journey in that I started befriending my body. I started befriending my emotions a little by little. That's been a long journey. And really the the thread of learning to speak my truth and be my authentic self started with just honoring who I am, what I feel, and what I've been through. And through the healing journey of a lot of years of trauma resolution therapy, meditation, and yoga, and a lot of different body-based healing things, I have gradually and slowly really learned how to let my true self be seen. So it's it's not just that narrow little sliver that the, the trauma made me think that I had to show. And let's face it, uh, there's so much oppression in the world that even if you don't, you know, resonate with having trauma, there's still a lot of pressure to be the, um, to not rock the boat. You know what I mean? So, um, through the healing, I, you know, discovered how to, to be on the journey of expressing myself to heal the inner aspects that were too scared to be seen. And I've been helping other women to do the same. So my first 10 years of my career, I was teaching very traditional voice lessons, singing lessons. And for the last six years, I've been bringing in the energy work and the healing and working with those tender young parts of ourselves, often called the inner child, that need to have some loving before they can feel safe to show up more fully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I completely, we said something like, I can't let people see the real me. Yeah. I can't let others see the real me. And I'm like, oh, I think so many of us can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how beautiful and how powerful that you started at a younger age, you know, for some people, yeah. like, early in their lives others it's older in their you know yeah. later in their lives yeah um but you know we all start where we need to start so that's really beautiful absolutely I'm yeah. so glad you're here now sharing <laughs> your magic with us <laughs> yeah thank you yeah so I'd love to know because you know you've you help um, and support women through this. So what are ways that we can, um, you know, melt away that resistance and those blocks that come up when, you know, going into fully expressing ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. So I find that working with your inner child, which is a process that happens over time, is so effective at melting away your blocks and resistance, or maybe I should say softening it, because it's not that you're just pushing through it, right? I mean, there are times when that seems like the only option and it can work for a short time. Like, I'm just going to power through all of my fears and just make myself 
do it and keep going. And if you try to sustain that, though, it, it often leads to a burnout, right? Like we can only muscle our way through for so long. So the approach that I take is to work with those parts that are scared, you know, the parts that are like procrastinating or that are saying, oh, you shouldn't do this. You're going to fail. And um, I know it's it's not that I immediately came to the work of the inner child because I remember the first time I had a conversation about it, I was like, oh, I want nothing to do with that. I was studying abroad in Ecuador and my host mother came back from this retreat and she was all glowing and we were sitting at the kitchen table and I was like, oh, so what did you do at the retreat? What happened? And she was like you know, she was speaking in Spanish, I found my inner child. And I'm like translating in my head and figuring it out. And then I was like, Oh, oh, whatever that is, I don't want anything to do with it. Like, smile and nod politely. Okay. <laughs> and it took me many years till I was really in a in therapy that this image of myself as a small child just huddled in the corner kept emerging. And so I went to her with love and just asked her what she needed. And working with that process over many years, I have, you know, now opened up more <laughs> to the idea that I have an inner child, or sometimes I say I have inner children because they show up at different ages and stages. And the the way that I found is most effective to heal that resistance and to help the inner child along is to get very practiced at stepping into the role of your wise adult self as the caretaker. So your inner child is looking for like, uh, are there any reliable adults around here that I can depend on, that I can feel safe with. And so when you become that, it's like stepping into the role of a witness. It's very related to connecting to your divine self. When you allow that part of yourself to be strengthened and in a leadership role to say to your inner child, I know you're really scared to send that email, or I know you're really scared to go after that speaking gig. I know the fear of rejection, it's big, you know? So you, you say, tell me what you need, and then you just get quiet and you listen. So it's like you have this dual awareness. There's the part of you that is a nurturing, wise, dependable, and strong adult self. And there's the tender young part that might say, I just, I'm worried nobody will come, or I'm worried that they'll ignore me if I send that email, or I'm worried that I'll lose this relationship if I ask a favor, you know, whatever it might be, just listen for what that inner child or tender young part is scared of, and then you offer some reassurance. And I don't, I don't think of it as like, um, well, oh, honey, you're scared, then we just won't do it, right? It's a middle road. And there's a, um, a great example came up in my parenting life <laughs> a few months ago when my, my daughter, who is eight, she was scared to go to swim lessons. And with um, talking to her, it turned out that last summer was swim lessons. They went into the deep end before she felt ready. She was really scared. 
So to me, I've considered swimming a safety skill. So I said, really, we got to go, but I'm going to help you through it. We can talk anytime you want. I'm going to be right there. If at any time you are unsafe, I will be sure that I talk to the leadership, you know, the management. And um, I gave her a little reward too. (laughs) (laughs) And all these things made it so that it's not saying you got to do this to just suck it up. And it's also not saying, oh, you're scared. So let's just not do it. Okay. Let's never take any risks or put ourselves out there. It's saying, I'm going to help you. Okay. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to reassure you. And I'm going to make it a little more fun for you too. And then less resistance. And so often it ends up being fun. And my daughter loved the swimming lessons. And I find the same thing for my inner child. So often she's like, yay, I can't believe we did that. Oh my God, I love that so much. Well, yeah. one, congratulations to your daughter. <laughs> yes. Um, it's so funny because I was going to ask, like, so how do you work with your inner child? But you totally answered that. Um, but yeah, no, you made it. I love the, I mean, you didn't give us like a one, two, three step, but like just the way you explained it, I'm like, oh my God, it, it could be so simple and yeah. it could be so loving and so transforming. Like, yeah, even the simplest phrases, right? I think I grew up with a lot of like, you got to suck it up. Like, you yeah. just got to do it. Like, you yeah. know. Be one of the, be a tough girl or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Millions of phrases I got from yeah. everybody across the board. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know you being a vocal coach, um, can you show us any, you know, maybe playful vocal exercises that we can use to like help our inner children? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that the inner child needs and loves is to soften up the judgments, right? We um, we get this message like we're adults. We have to be serious. You can laugh, but that's probably going to happen like if you've had a few drinks or something. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Um, and it, it causes us to disown this playful nature that is truly a part of our nature up until, uh, throughout our whole lives, up until we die. That's how our brains are wired for play and experimentation and silliness. There's a great book by Stuart Brown called Play, and he goes through all this research about why our brains thrive and continue to grow when we allow ourselves to play. So... I like to lead students through a practice called playing with instinctual sound. And the whole point of it is just to soften up those judgments. So most of the time when people do this, they're like, "Uh, I don't want to make sounds that are ugly or bad. And I don't know how to sing and all these things. So the point here is to just let yourself be weird or wacky or make some sounds that would be socially unacceptable. (laughs) And I like to mention before I uh, lead people through that Oftentimes, just listening the first time is exactly what's needed to just open yourself up and say, hey, this lady's like, (laughs) 
doing things that I haven't heard, you know, that we don't hear that are not considered socially acceptable. So um, I'm just going to lead listeners through a few minutes if that's okay. Yes, please. (laughs) So as I said, you can just listen or in the space that I pause. So I'm going to make a sound and then I'm going to pause so you can copy me. You can do something similar. You can do something completely different. And if you feel like you want to make sound, but you're not sure if you want to be out there yet, you might start with just humming or a little sigh, anything to just get used to using your voice, expressing yourself through your voice and judging your voice a bit less. <laughs> All I right. So this is exciting. Go okay, ahead. <laughs> good. So you can start with taking a few deep breaths. Noticing the movement of your diaphragm as you breathe in. Your diaphragm moves downward, pushes the organs in your belly outwards. And then as you breathe out, diaphragm moves upward. And your ribs also can expand a lot as you breathe in and they slowly and steadily come back as you exhale. And now we're gonna start some sound. So as you can imagine, this often um, leaves us in fits of giggles <laughs> as a common <laughs> occurrence when I lead this in, with sessions and client with the clients in sessions. And yeah, pretty common also to be like, well, I was trying to be not self-conscious, but I was. So that's why it's a softening of judgment. Even just listening to something can open you up. And um, if you're kind of feeling judgmental about the whole process, then that's an interesting thing to to watch and just in that same vein of talking with the parts of yourself that are scared you can also talk with the parts of yourself that judge so to say how are you trying to protect me and very often you know there's a part that's like um I don't want you to get laughed at and ostracized hello (laughs) isn't that (laughs) obvious so of course I'm going to judge you so you don't do it so you don't experiment so you don't be playful or try something that's not socially acceptable right so it's it's just it brings up brings us back into that same process and you can even speak out loud like yeah I hear you thank you for trying to protect me and even just the acknowledgement is such a powerful first step and then over time you know you see what that part needs and very often they with time feel ready to shift into a a different role. So instead of being the judge, it can be like a, a cheerleader or a part of you that that is like so practiced at being like, yeah, you're doing a great job. 
I absolutely loved all of that, even with the giggles. I was in the background like, ah, this is so cool. <laughs> I'm just giving you the space. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, though. I cannot wait to re-listen and do it myself. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I would never would have been with the type of person that would make any of those noises at all. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone would be listening and they're like, no, not for me. Yeah, and that's totally fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, up until a few years ago, for me, it was all speaking or singing. So it had to be polished, right? Mm-hmm. And I found so much healing from just letting my voice make sounds because it taps into our instinctual nature, our wild nature, and that playfulness. So it's there's just a, a lot of reclamation and healing that comes from experimentation. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll never forget one of my first, um, I went to like an all women's retreat and it was really awesome. Um, but that night we had breathwork session and I had never done breathwork in my life. Yeah. So I'm in a room with like 20 other women and we're all like, I think we're, some were laying on the floor, some were sitting, we're all in different positions, just like get comfortable. And so we're doing this breathwork and out of nowhere, people just start howling. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> never like yelling and howling and this and that and then I just kind of just joined in the lights are off I had no idea who was near me um and I was like oh my god this is the most liberating experience (sighs) I came out a whole different woman out of that retreat it was so beautiful and yeah my goodness and on days like now when I feel like off I'm just like a quick lion's breath just like a quick like gross let out is like the best thing in the world (laughs) absolutely I love the lion's breath yeah yeah so if (laughs) listeners aren't familiar basically you stick out your tongue (laughs) and you make some sound and there's also you like you know kneel and put your hands on your knees too in the yogic perspective but you just kind of do a ah or I've I've learned it different ways but I like that ah It feels so good. Yeah. Like, it, honestly, it almost yeah. feels also. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I can imagine, like, that's what it feels like when the coffee hits. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Like, you just get that yeah. boost of energy. Like, I get yeah. so clearly now. Like, that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish they taught us this in school. I mean, I know, really right? Did I need geometry? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> You don't ever know. Maybe it helped you with your web design. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But I love your story of howling at the women's retreat and how liberating that was. And yeah, I can see how you're like, what's going on? But that's so cool that you joined in and felt liberated by it. Love it. You know, it was the lights (laughs) off. (laughs) Yep. I was lights off and I was like, you know what? I'm, I mean, I was, it was a, it was a women's group that I would see like once a month, but I was like, who cares? One day I won't see them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, you just gotta (laughs) take I think at that point it was like, ah, now I just feel the pressure to do it (laughs) so I can feel like them. (laughs) 
that's so funny. (laughs) So for someone that's listening right now and they're thinking, this is beautiful, this is inspiring, but I'm still not ready for this. Like, what would you just, what would you say to them? Like, why is your voice needed in the world? Yeah. So first of all, I would say that healing happens by moving at your own pace. So if you don't want to howl, you don't have to howl. (laughs) You really get to honor your body and especially honor all those parts that are like, no, I'm, I'm not feeling like this is safe or I'm not feeling like this is for me or I'm just not feeling like this is even something I even want to do at all you know I'm kind of tuning into that feeling of like the parts that are like oh no 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 that's too out there so I would I would say that first of all where you're at is just right and the way that you wish to engage with your voice is just right and also that I know in my story, I kind of made it sound perhaps like I went from like silence and shame to like, here I am world, I'm singing on big stages and I'm speaking on stages and you know, all these things. But really the, the medicine of healing your voice, it happens from acknowledgement with safe people. So it's like, first you acknowledge to yourself that you have these tender parts, and then you allow those parts to be seen with safe people. And for so many, that happens with a therapist or a coach. If you have a really safe container, like a group coaching program or a women's group, as you mentioned, then showing up to share your truth in that small, safe container is a really healing experience. And I find it to be a necessary step in between the like, I'm going to narrow everything and not let people see who I truly am. And the here I am, I'm an open book and I'm here to, to share my magic, my, my medicine. And to address the part of the question about why your voice is needed in the world. I, I lead an exercise with coaching clients going through why we ourselves as individuals need to express ourselves and be heard. Why other people need to hear us and see us in our true, authentic, present moment, messy, human, beautiful, divine selves. And also how it helps, you know, there's all these often overlooked energetic benefits for Mother Earth, the plants and animals around us, you know, they receive our sounds too. They receive our voices, whether it's a uh, every morning or it's a ha, <laughs> you know, that, that, um, Your voice showing up is needed because it helps all of us to honor who we are. It helps all of us to honor our emotions, to be willing to be vulnerable. It helps all of us to know that we're not alone too, right? Because sharing who you are authentically, all of you, not just the polished parts, it's really an invitation for others around you to say, you know what? I, I have those doubts too, or I've gone through that too. And when we do speak our truth, there's a, a wholeness 
that emerges. It's like that blueprint of our wholeness inside is always there. It's like your authenticity. It's always been there. Even, you know, if there was hiding or narrowing of your voice and self-expression. And when you're you know, you build up the safety, starting with your inner child, then with with uh, safe others, then moving outwards. What happens is this beautiful blossoming of like, here I am as a whole human being. I am both healed and unhealed because the journey doesn't end. And it's like your presence becomes medicine. It's an offering of love to everybody. That's so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mary. Oh my God. I received that. Um, yeah, that was so beautiful. I'm like, I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Evie to re-listen, rewind <laughs> and take it in because that was really beautiful. Thank yeah, you so you're welcome. And I think that La- more laughter is just the appropriate reaction, right? <laughs> of course. I mean, I'm like the giggle queen. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm all about the laughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, um, you know, before we wrap up? Maybe something we didn't talk about today that you'd love for someone to know? Yeah, I think along that thread of the um, of your voice being needed, that um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about your branding and your storytelling, and um, I'd love for people to know that when you step into that wise adult self as the caretaker of your inner child, as the caretaker of the parts that feel vulnerable, it makes the sharing of your story so much easier. (laughs) Because I do feel like I started sharing my story during the Me Too movement before I quite had that inner safety and reassurance thing down. And it can be very vulnerable to be like, oh, now it's in the newspaper that I was sexually assaulted as a child and, well, a magazine rather. And (laughs) I shared that on a stage in front of 500 people giving a keynote at a conference. And part of me was like, oh, I actually needed to just go even deeper with the self-reassurance, with being the wise adult self saying, you know what, honey, it's safe to share this story. I got you. And to reassure those parts of ourselves that are, you know, nervous about like, well, what if I'm really vulnerable and when I share my story and then I attract criticism or, you know, rejection or trolls or all this, you know, the hatred. And so it also just helps to teach, to, to tell your inner child, like we have a contingency plan, right? So I really have not attracted hate with my story and that's fantastic. But I know that if it does happen, I will immediately stop engaging with that person, whether it's online or in person, I will give myself the time and space to call a trusted friend, unpack it, help myself feel like, okay, you know what, this was somebody's projection. 
And there's something for me to learn from this, but you know what, honey, I got you. This is not about your worth. You are safe and I am here for you. Mm, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I, when I listen to other speakers, it's like just speaking your story can heal others, right? Like I felt like healed just by listening to others' stories. So I think it's so beautiful. You were able to, you know, share your story like that's amazing yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I really enjoyed our talk today Sarah thank you so much for everything you shared with us today yeah thank you Mary yeah where could people connect with you Yes. So I would love for people to check out the powerful voice toolkit that I offer. It's a free gift. It's three MP recording, MP3 recordings, <laughs> plus a PDF <laughs> guide. And one of them is the playing with instinctual sound. So it's a little longer version um, of what we did today. And the, the practices are yeah, designed to help you step into your power learn to trust your voice, embrace all your sounds. And that is available at saragita.com. So that's spelled S-A-R-A-G-I-I-T-A.com. And you can also find out about the individual and group coaching that I offer there. Amazing. Yeah. And I'll link that in the show notes. So go check that out. I'm going to go get myself a powerful voice kit. Wonderful. I am just feeling so happy and elevated talking with you and laughing with you, Mary. <laughs> me too. I like I found someone that giggles as much as me. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope everyone else gets a, a laughter boost too. <laughs> Absolutely. Laughter and happiness is all contagious. <laughs> yes. So much. <laughs> Amazing. Well, there we have it. That's all today, friend. I hope this inspires you and uplifts you in all the ways. Thank you again, Sarah, for joining us today. And thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm sending all the love, light, good vibes, and magic into your home, your world, and your business. I'll see you later. You've been listening to the Share Your Magic Podcast with Mary Alvazurez. If you've enjoyed what you've heard on today's episode, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time, keep sharing your magic with the world. We'll catch you in the next episode.